Welcome, everybody, to episode two of Enter the Void. Today, we're going to be talking about my musical journey, and it's going to be a fun ride. I'm excited to be back. I took some time to reflect on my experience with recording the last episode and how I felt afterward. And by taking some time, I mean half of a day because this is the same day that I recorded the first episode. (laughs) And yeah, I just, I feel good. I'm excited. I have some more things to share. I wrote some notes during episode one, just about some other things that I'd like to talk about. And one of those things was my musical journey. I remember bringing it up very, very briefly And I made a note of it. It's definitely something important for me to come back to because it explains a lot about me. And I also think it'll be good for me to talk through it again. And uh, that'll help me kind of break things down and process things and maybe see things in a new way. Um, I do have my dog in here with me. She is laying on the couch with her head on my knee because she's a sweetheart and she really didn't want to uh, be left without me for half an hour. So, so here we are. I want to start off at the beginning. Um, I want to talk about my early creativity. Again, just as a recap, those of you who haven't listened to my music, um, I am an alternative pop Wow. Pop. I need a pop filter. Speaking of that, um, I'm an alternative pop songwriter and producer. I've been making music for over 10 years now, but I only started releasing music early last year uh, or late last year, excuse me, which would be in August of 2022. So with that being said, um, I did have some early bursts of creativity and some early creative outlets that I want to share with you guys, mainly because I forget about them and it'd be good for me to revisit, but also because it's always cool to look back in your past. I do remember, um, you know, growing up, Sundays were a day with very limited activities and One of the activities that I could do on Sunday was draw and write. And I distinctly remember being about, you know, five or six, maybe I was six. And it was a Sunday afternoon. And I took this little, uh, I took some notebook paper and I folded it and I'm pretty sure I stapled it. So I would fold it in half and staple it to kind of make a some binding for a little book and you know it was like a couple pages and then they were folded in half and I made a book out of it and I remember taking a a pencil outside and I was laying in the grass Um, I was laying you know on my stomach in the grass kind of propped up and I was drawing and uh, I can't do this anymore by the way I for some reason I get like a raging headache every single time I lay on my stomach Um, And I'm propped up like that. I know some people could like work on their laptop or read a book like that. It'd make my head explode. So 
can't do it anymore, but I don't remember it hurting back then. So something changed. But anyway, I was, I was in the grass. Um, I was under this tree. I remember there being four leaf clovers and dandelions and probably some, uh, some worms or something. And I remember everything was so, so bright and so vivid and so clear. I remember how colorful the world was back then. And it's just, it's not like that anymore. It's crazy because I'm pretty sure recently I saw something about a study that was done that shows that children actually do see color more vividly and your vision dulls over time, which makes perfect sense because I remember, you know, being six years old and yeah, I may have been five or six just laying there. I remember everything was so raw and I just, I felt like I was a part of everything and it's odd how you begin to feel disconnected the older you get. Um, definitely want to, I'm here again making notes by the way, so um, I'm going to just write that down. From world. Yeah, I think that's an interesting topic. So, yeah, everything was just so green and the sun was so, it wasn't hot like it was going to burn me, but it was just, the the heat was very, it had a lot of depth, like there was depth to the, the heat that I was experiencing from the, from the sun and it was like warming up my soul. And I, I've never really like reflected on this moment too much, but yeah, I just, it was so vivid and I can almost like just reach into the past right now and like touch it. Um, that's how raw it was. And man, I miss that. I was laying there just, just writing a little story, a little book about something. I think it was about bugs, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure my mom would be able to, my mom would be able to uh, tell you what I was making in that book if she remembers. But either way, you know, just writing a little story and maybe drawing some pictures of some bugs or the grass or probably the backyard. Um, yeah, this was, uh, this was a good time. And yeah, I just remember enjoying drawing and enjoying being outside and enjoying writing from a really young age. Um, I, yeah, I remember being able to tie my shoes when I was like two years old. Um, I was pretty ahead of my class in reading, so I really enjoyed reading. And I, of course, that fueled my writing. Um, so yeah, I had a little bit of creativity going on. I wasn't really great at visual arts like drawing or painting but I still enjoyed it and that's okay as a kid to not be good at everything <laughs> um so yeah that was like really early on and as I got older so my brother was born when I was six um I was not happy about it because I shared a room with my parents 
pretty much up until I was three. And then when my sister came along at three years old, we shared a room. And then when my brother came along three years later, I shared a room with him and she got her own room. And yeah, I pretty much, uh, was always sharing a room with somebody. (laughs) So I was, I was kind of bummed that, uh, my sister didn't get to share a room with the baby and and I did. But anyway, my brother came along when I was six and ever since then we were, we were pretty close. Like as we got older and older, I mean, you know, maybe like I'm 12 and he's six or, you know, I'm, I'm 13 and he's seven. I remember a lot of my imagination started to, um, started to display itself in writing and drawing. So what we would do is we would go outside all the time, all day. Um, we, we didn't really have, we did not have cable. So I did not grow up watching SpongeBob and shows like that, like no cartoon network, Nickelodeon, nothing. Um, I know a lot of kids that I grew up with that would just quote, cartoons they grew up with constantly. And I was always in the dark about it. I just had no idea (laughs) what anyone was talking about. And because we had no cable, what other choice do you have, but to either do something creative or go outside and outside was typically our after school choice and our weekend choice. So, um, you know, fast forwarding from when I was six and my brother was born to probably when I was like, uh, eight. Yeah. I'm just going to say like eight or nine. Um, my brother is about three or four at this point. And this is around the same time that I would have those late night talks with my mom. Um, so if you haven't heard episode one, I encourage you to, to listen to that first and that might give you some more context, but yeah, it's around that time. And we would run around outside we would pretend it typically was fantasy based. So we would pretend that we were, you know, warriors fighting these, uh, evil monsters. You know, we would climb up in trees and pretend that we're like, you know, we have a bow and arrow and we're like shooting these things down. Or sometimes we would pretend that we were on an alien planet with low gravity and it was always fun. (laughs) I can imagine one of my parents looking out the window, just like, we probably look so dumb, but that's cool. You're supposed to look dumb as a kid. And I think you should look dumb as an adult too and not be worried about it, but we are. So yeah, like we'd pretend there's zero gravity, um, you know, huge like ray guns and stuff that we would imagine. And it's, it's so crazy looking back because I, I know his, imagination is the same. He's, he's actually got a YouTube channel. My brother does, and, uh, he uses it in his channel, um, still to this day. So I know that his imagination has not gone anywhere. And I don't think mine has either. Um, I tend to get along with, you know, boys that age really well because I haven't lost my imagination. I'm able to play like monsters and robots with my brother-in-laws or my brothers or, or whatever. So, but yeah, I do remember it just being very vivid back then as well. Um, I could just construct an entire world in within the world that I lived in and, um, just get myself immersed into it. 
And uh, so, yeah, that was another creative outlet for me and physical too, because you get to get outside and you're running for your life um, away from these monsters or zombies or, you know, whatever it might be that's chasing you and you got to go save the kingdom. So this, uh, this barn that was near our property, we would, uh, we would pretend that it was like a, you know, a spaceship, like a hub for other spaceships, or we'd pretend it's a castle or whatever. We would never really go inside, but, but yeah. So around this time, of course, with all this, you know, imagining that I was doing, you know, after school on the weekends while I'm outside, it translated pretty well over to writing. And one of the reasons for that is because whenever you're acting something out, it's easier to like, whenever you say something out loud, right, you exclaim something or um, you're describing to your brother like what these monsters do and what they look like, it's a lot easier to see the things that are stupid and don't make sense or that just don't sound good, or um, it, it's easier for you to see plot holes and stuff because you're acting it out. And like, if you're acting something out and it doesn't make sense, it breaks the immersion. It's it's harder to, to stay in character if it doesn't make sense. And so um, that's why I feel really bad for, you know, when there's like a good actor in a movie, but the script is horrible. And it's just like a really cringy movie. And no matter how good of an actor they are, it can't be saved. That's kind of what it's like when you're, you know, outside imagining things. It's got to make sense for you to be immersed into it. And I think that doing that helped me write short stories. Um, I still have my really old Google Drive with these these old short stories. Um, you know, I did want to write a, a book, like a full-length fantasy novel at one point and maybe I'll do it someday. Um, it's not my biggest priority, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. I think that I was pretty decent at the, the world building side of things and I had a lot of great inspiration. I remember reading Aragon and, uh, the Beyonders, you know, Narnia, uh, lots of, lots of fantasy like that. So my creativity was definitely like centered around story creation and like writing and world building and things like that. So I remember really enjoying that and that got me through some really hard times in my childhood. And it also was the thing that helped me and my brother bond. So I... Yeah, I just really, I look back fondly at at that because, you know, there were some other things going on in my life at that time that were really difficult, but writing stories and going outside with my brother always helped me cope. So I, you know, to this day, like whenever I go and visit my family, um, my brother is almost 18 now, which is crazy. That just makes me feel old. Um but yeah, we'll still, we'll hang out outside and, uh, you know, we'll play games and I just, uh, yeah, I definitely want to do an episode about how, like what it's like to grow up and how adults mistake, uh, 
maturity for boredom. Um, so I already made that note, but this is about my musical journey, right? And we're talking about early creativity. Um, naturally I'm writing stories, I'm world building, I'm, you know, just writing a lot and reading a lot. And I developed a love for poetry. I thought it was very interesting, like making things rhyme and having a, a pace and a tempo. And, uh, you know, we did like a little poetry section in English. I think it was sixth and seventh grade or maybe it was seventh grade. I can't remember. Um, and yeah, like I was like, dude, poetry is pretty cool. So I started writing poems and I started to get good at that. Um, good is obviously relative cause I was, you know, 10 or 11, but, um, that's besides the point. I, I enjoyed writing poetry. So this led to the next phase of my creativity, which is when things like really started to change for me. I want to dive deeper into some of the specifics here, um, on maybe a different episode because there is a lot to unpack when talking about, especially the the time of my life where I actually started writing music and the time in my life where I stopped writing music. Um, so I definitely want to make this a, a couple parts because I think it would be good to provide some more detail and context. And also, again, this is a way for me to to process things and to cope. And I don't want to skip over something just because it's hard to talk about. Just to summarize um, what I'm going to cover in maybe part two and part three is I was in a really, really low place in my life. Um, this is around when I was 12. So I was in seventh grade, 12 years old. I, you know, bullying was getting worse. It was already pretty bad in elementary school. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll provide some details on that someday. But it was pretty rough in elementary school already. It started getting worse in middle school. And I think everything, in my opinion, everything gets worse in middle school because, like, you start to go into puberty and, um, you know, no one knows what the hell's going on with their body and their mind. And, you know, you pair all of that stuff with, um, you know, some, some religious things going on in my life as well. And it was just a really tough time. Um, I felt invisible. I wanted to be invisible. I, I wanted to hide. I, I actually uh, was like straightening my hair by this point in seventh grade. I, I have curly hair. I don't know if you've seen, uh, you know, if you follow me on Instagram at Nolan Boyd Music, you'll see I have curly hair. I didn't have as curly hair back at this time. It was more wavy, but like I was straightening my hair and it was pretty, it was pretty bad. <laughs> But I was doing it because I was trying to cover my eyes. Like I didn't want to look at anybody and I didn't want anybody to look at me. And there's a lot of other things to unpack about this time in my life. But 
it was really, really dark and music came into my life at just the right time. I discovered Pandora and it changed everything. Pandora, like Pandora changed my life. It's crazy. Um, cause Pandora is not even really that big of a deal anymore, but yeah, I discovered Pandora and from there, you know, I heard a couple songs on the radio that I liked. I remember hearing uh, Break Even by The Script. That was a song I really liked. Um, How to Save a Life by The Fray. That was a song I was a big fan of. Um, let's see here. I believe it's September by Daughtry. That was like a, a really important song to me. So I heard a couple of those songs on the radio and I was like, okay, I think I like the script, I guess. I don't really know anything. So I typed uh, the script into Pandora and it created the script radio. And I'm telling you guys that radio, like it changed my life. It actually saved my life. Um, I discovered Coldplay and Lifehouse and um, One Republic, especially their Dreaming Out Loud album. Like I discovered in my mind, so much music, right? Like I still, to this day, am very uncultured when it comes to music and all of the different artists out there. But to me, it was, it was like opening up Pandora's box because it was just like all of this music that made me feel heard. It made me feel seen. It made me feel worth something. And, uh, so yeah, like I started listening to this music and it, it changed my life. I, it, so much to the point where there was, there was one time, again, this is a very dark time in my life. Um, I felt just empty and, and worthless, but it was after church one day I was sitting down at a piano. Um, my family always took forever to leave church. So I was just sitting at a piano at church in one of the rooms and I remember having the crazy frog song stuck in my head. And so I was like, before I could even realize what was happening, I was like plinking around, like playing the crazy frog song, just my two index fingers, like just bump, 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 bump. <laughs> like I started figuring it out by ear and the rest is history. I was like, I realized that I could play things by ear. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know what I was doing or how I was doing it, but I figured out Axel F or the crazy frog song, um, just by ear. And I got it down like really fast. Did it sound amazing? No. Was my tempo probably not super great? Yes. <laughs> um, but I figured it out and that was like, it was effortless for me. And yeah, my dog is uh, re-curling up in her little ball. So it was effortless for me and it was enjoyable. And that was like really eye-opening for me. And over the course of a few weeks, I started playing around on the piano and I realized that I could make things sound good. And I could just make things like just create these melodies and these riffs and, you know, play these chords. And I would look up YouTube videos on how to play like Hall of Fame by the script or, um, 
you know, how to save a life by the fray. I would, I would look up how to play those songs. Um, and that was like really helpful to, to, you know, just like kind of learn some, some music that was already established. But aside from that, there were no like lessons, um, you know, nothing like that. I, I was just started teaching myself how to play by ear and it quickly turned into me creating these pieces of music. And if you remember earlier, I was mentioning how I fell in love with poetry a little while before this. So that's a pretty obvious next step is I I've already been writing poetry. Now I'm creating pieces of music I didn't know music theory. I couldn't actually, when I say write music, I hope you know what I mean by that is not like actually composing and like writing on, on sheet music, but just creating music and writing lyrics to it and, and writing songs. Right. So, um, when most people say they write music, that's what they mean. Uh, there are some composers that literally like compose the music and write it on sheet music, but that was not me. So yeah, writing music was an obvious, um, easy transition for me. And it it actually was so easy and it happened so fast that it was just like, I remember in the span of a couple months, I had written like 10 songs. Now, would these songs be able to stand on their own and would anyone listen to them now? No, like I was 12, 13, like they weren't that great. But looking back for a 12-year-old, I think they were pretty good. And I was getting the basics and I was practicing and I was learning and and I loved it. And that's really the thing is like I was starting to fall in love with something for real, like something that I really was like, whoa, I think I'm actually good at this. I I mentioned in episode one, again, if you haven't heard it, you should listen to it, Um I mentioned briefly how I always came like second place in school and it's true. Like I did track and field in middle school. So, um, at this time I was doing track and field and I could never, I could never cop a gold medal at the, at the track meets. I just couldn't, it was always silver or bronze and it was just really, really frustrating And so I started writing music around this time. Um, I may have been like 13, 14, so it's kind of moving into like freshman year. Um, It's a little blurred timeline-wise, but I started writing music. I do think it was freshman year now that I'm thinking about it. So 14, and I was actually good at it. And I would show a couple friends like what I was doing. They were like, dude, like what the heck? This is crazy. This is cool. And it was just like nothing that I had ever experienced in my life. Like it was just, it was crazy. And so the, fir- the first song that I actually wrote, um, I wrote it for a girl that I really liked and I was going to perform it for the talent show. And I did, this is the craziest, like craziest thing that little, little me could have done because I was, shy, unless you knew me really well. I was shy. I was insecure. I was not confident. Um, and all of those things held true when I went on stage. However, even though I was nervous, it kind of felt right. It was like the first thing in a long time 
where I, I, that gave me some sort of glimmer of hope. And I performed this song for this girl. I even dedicated it to her before I started playing it. And, um, yeah, I was just like, it was amazing. You know, after the talent show, I was going to ask her to be my girlfriend. So of course my mind was like there and I was wanting to just find her and ask her to be my girlfriend. Um, I did do that and she, uh, did not answer me. She ran away and, and didn't say anything. And then two weeks later she finally said yes. And, uh, then the relationship was just rocky from there on out. And it was just, it was just a dumb freshman year relationship. But anyway, after the talent show, aside from the fact that my mind was, um, really preoccupied with asking this girl to be my girlfriend, I did get a lot of really good feedback and I wish that I was not obsessing over some stupid girl and instead was soaking it up because man, did that feel good? Like again, at at a time where I felt just hopeless and worthless and invisible and bullying was just getting worse and worse and worse. And this is up until freshman year, right? Like I finally had people acknowledging my existence and like people in, in grades above me, seniors coming up to me being like, dude, like that was really good. Like keep it up. Don't stop. Um, it gave me a lot of hope and it lifted my spirits and literally after writing that first song and performing it at the talent show, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm meant to do with my life. And yeah, I continued writing music. I was, you know, just like writing all the time. Uh, Sometimes I would write a song in like a week, you know, it would take me a little bit to figure out the composition and the piano melody. There were other songs I wrote in like half an hour. And sometimes those were the best ones. And if, if you're a musician listening to this, then you know, that's the case even as an adult, like sometimes we, you know, sometimes you write a song and bless my heart. Sometimes you write a song and you rush it. Right. And like, you're like, you got to force yourself to slow down, uh, because it's just rushed and it's not as good as it could be. And other times it just like God, the universe, whatever is downloading this shit into your brain. And it's like very fast and it's like flowing out of your hands into whatever instrument you play or it's flowing out of your mouth as, as lyrics or flowing onto the page. And it's like, you are not in control. You do not have the reins. Um, and I, I wrote some songs like that where it was just pure inspiration and, and it really had nothing to do with me. I was just organizing it. And the music was already there. So yeah, I, uh, my family, oh, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but, um, yeah, that is like my musical journey. Um, up until that point, I continued writing music throughout high school and I, I continued to get better at it. I tried to put myself out there a few times with like, uh, you know, I, I opened for a local band for this, uh, benefit concert that they did. 
I did like two songs for it. Um, I know there are people out there that remember me as that kid that just was up there playing the piano and not like, I wasn't really that great at singing. Um, I was in choir throughout high school. I do want to mention that I really enjoyed choir and I found myself to be pretty good at it. I actually went to state, um, with a double mix quartet and our whole choir. And I believe we got like we won state as the, the double mix quartet or the mixed double is sometimes what you call it. So that is, uh, two tenors, two basses or baritones, two altos and two sopranos. If you are in choir and uh, I, I don't know how many of you would actually still be in school, but if you're in school and you're in choir, you should try to organize a double mixed quartet. I promise you it is the most fun you'll have in choir. It is so cool to be paired up with just one other person in your section and the amount of like intricate harmonies that you can do and just like, especially if you're doing like old world Latin music, holy crap, dude, it is so much fun. Um, kind of a choir geek moment there. But anyway, I just, I wanted to mention that, that I was in choir. I just, my strength was singing with other people. I think that I was a lot more confident when I was singing with other people. And when I would sing by myself, I just wasn't, I was more scared. Um, you know, my throat would tighten up and it just, anyone who knows what it's like to sing, if your throat is tight, it just doesn't sound good. And that was like me all the time when I was singing by myself. So when I did this benefit concert, you know, I'm singing by myself and like, there's not really a whole lot of effects on my voice or anything. Um, and it's just a piano and it is what it is. I'm glad I did it, but it wasn't incredible. And I know that there's a lot of people that probably just forever, no matter how much actual good music I put out from here on out, like they'll just remember me as that kid. <laughs> and that's kind of the, the sucky thing of, you know, growing up in a small town. I actually do want to make a note as well about um, growing up in a small town. Growing up in small town and moving. Yeah, because I think that's an interesting topic. Um, so yeah, that is, uh, you know, I, I was on stage a few times and, but for the most part, there wasn't a whole lot of like performing going on. It was really just like, I would show my parents and my siblings and sometimes my friends, whenever I would write a song. And it's crazy because I actually like the bullying that I had dealt with almost my whole life up until this point after freshman year, when people started to like, you know, recognize that I wrote music, a lot of it dissipated. Um, there were still the guys that had been mean to me for as many years as I can count on two hands, um, or one hand or whatever there, those guys would still, you know, they were still jerks, but, um, for the most part, like a lot of the constant, like aggressive bullying just kind of dissipated. And that was a huge relief. 
but it also pissed me off because it was like, wow, it really takes me like being good at, at like, I was the only one in my school that wrote music. Um, I may not have actually been the only one, but there was nobody else anyone knew of that did it. Um, I would be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I was the only one cause it was a small school. Um, and most kids really cared about sports, even though our music divisions did better than the sports divisions in pretty much everything. Um, yeah, it was, it just kind of pissed me off that I had to be good at something and, you know, people, for people to think that I was like somebody worth something and, you know, it's like, oh, if, you know, if you're not good at football or if you can't write music, then we're going to just, you know, beat on you all the time and just constantly like bully you until you hate yourself. Like that was the thing that was really weird for me to deal with at that time is like the double edged sort of, Oh, I'm ex I'm like happy. People are recognizing me. People aren't messing with me as much anymore. Um, I, I feel like I, you know, I'm worth something. And then there's the other thought of like, why did it take this for people to treat me the way that they should treat me, you know? So it was hard to manage that and hard to cope with that. Um, but yeah, fast forward. I mean, I, my family moved out of state, um, after sophomore year. So sophomore year was a little bit better than the other years. Um, you know, we moved out of state and junior year was rough because I was in a new school. It was a much bigger school. I was still writing music, but I was exposed to, to more people. And these people, um, you know, I wasn't the only one that wrote music now. Like there was a band at my high school in junior year. Um, they were my age, but they, they seemed a lot older and more mature and everyone loved them. And they were like kind of nice to me, but I kind of got the vibe that they would talk shit behind my back at the same time. So I had some embarrassing moments with, uh, with writing music at that school too. Um, I, w I just went from being recognized and things like that to being invisible again. And whew, yeah, that was really hard. Like that was really, really difficult. I, um, there's a lot more that I want to talk about when in relation to my experience out of state. And I think that I want to save that for episode two or, or part two, excuse me. So I think I'm going to make this, this musical journey, a three part series because, and it may be only two parts. Maybe that's all I'll need, but yeah, there's a lot to unpack and I, I don't want to skip over important things and I want you guys to, I want to reward you for listening to this and, you know, give you something that you can't get anywhere else. So, um, yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. I It's 4.20 my time right now. So happy 4.20, everybody. I really, really appreciate you listening. Uh, you can follow me at Nolan Void Music on Instagram to uh, keep up to date with everything that I'm doing music and podcast wise. I did release an EP just recently. It's called Disconnect EP. You can find it on all streaming platforms. Um, if you want to get the musical perspective behind a lot of the things I'm talking about, 
or if you just like cool music then you might like my music so either way thanks again i love you all and i will see you next time